Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. We're so excited to have you all here today. How many of you enjoy this series that we are in, Mind Moms? Come on, make some noise if you are with us for week one. Right around this time, it seems like our nation starts having conversations about mental health. And that's a great thing. Those are great conversations to have. But I think in addition to what you are hearing, be it at school or where you work, that the church would also have a conversation about mental health. And so that's what we're doing in this series. And that's what we're talking about in this series. And so last week we laid the foundation. Today we're going to layer on top of that next week again. So, uh, you know, I'm just telling you all, don't miss. And if you miss, catch up because there's a lot of good stuff. And uh, I'm so excited for where we're going. But just due to all the festivities we have today, come on, how many excited is Baptism Sunday today? So let's dive in. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 23. If you have your Bibles, pull it up. If you don't have your Bibles, if you have your phone, open up your Bible app on your phone. If you don't have the Bible app on your phone, go ahead and download that right now. All right, just, just do it. It's good for you, all right? Get the Bible on your device. And I want to read two verses to you. It's in chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. And then we're just going to dive into what God has for us today. Matthew 6, 22 through 23. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. But if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? For the next few moments, I want to preach to you on this thought that I have entitled, Make Up Your Mind. Make up your mind. Let me pray for you, and then we'll see you, and we'll dive in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the beautiful things that are happening in it. Pray, God, that you would join us in this uh, in this message now, Father. Pray, God, that you speak to us, that I would get out of your way, and that your Holy Spirit would do what you've already purposed for it to do, Father. And I also pray, Lord God, that you would open up our hearts and our minds, everybody in this room, so that we could hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one last time. You may be seated. Come on, let's talk about making up your mind. All right, let me ask a question here. How many of y'all got a broke best friend? <laughs> you guys got real quiet. They're like, they're sitting next to me. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing right now. I love when people started saying that your kids are your broke best friends. Come on, how many of you got kids that are your broke best friends? Like, they just don't know the limit. Yeah, yeah. What my, my kiddo, the other day, we, we needed to go to the store to get something that he needed. So we went because he needed it, this one thing that we went to get. And while we got what he needed, he started looking for stuff that he wanted. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He started looking around. I was like, oh, but I want that. And I want that. And he comes up to me. He's like, Dad, can I get this? I said, no, son. We came for this. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also want this. And I reminded him, son, you want it, but you don't need it. Why? Because I've got three broke best friends, and they're all of my boys. <laughs> like, that's enough, you know? Um, but, but really early on, you, you start to see this tendency in our children to just want things and, and maybe not truly understanding what it is that they want or the value of the things that they want, but it is just, I want, I want, I want, I want. And, 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 and come on, you see this in toddlers. Come on, parents, how many of you either have a toddler, you are in the thick of it, or, you, or, or you've already passed that season, but how many of toddlers are like robbers? 
little thieves. You know that, right? Toddlers are like robbers. Let me explain it to you, okay? This, this is the world according to a toddler. And you guys know that one of the first words that a toddler say right after mom and dad is mine. Right? They say that. So, so this is the life of a toddler. If I like it, it's mine. If I can take it away from you, it's mine. If I had it a while ago, it's mine. It's mine if I say it's mine. If it looks like mine, it's mine. If you're having fun with it, it's mine. If I lay it down, it's mine. If it's broken, it's yours, okay? <laughs> That's the life according to a toddler, right? Now, where, where do kids get that? Does it, did, did you guys send them to selfish school? No, right? <laughs> Nobody does that. And I hope you don't act like that at home either. But, but they just have this nature, right, to just to, to think of others, not, not first, but to think of themselves first. They, they have this nature where it's mine, me first, and I've got to have it. And, and so I want to talk about that today when we talk about our minds because that is a symptom of the mind of Adam. That is a symptom of the mind of Adam. Can you all say the mind of Adam? Where does that come from? Well, we got to go all the way back to the beginning when God created the first humans. He created Adam and he created Eve. These are the very first humans that God created. And when God created them, he created them in his image and in his likeness. Genesis 1.26 says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, but they were also given authority to rule over God's creation. And so he creates Adam, he creates Eve, and he says, I'm going to put you in a garden, and it is your responsibility to take dominion, to rule, and I give you authority here in the garden. Now, many of us know the story of what happens next. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. God said, there's one thing I don't want you to do. And, and, and really, the, the, the action was the result of the belief. They were deceived into believing that they were less than who God said they were. You see, as we said just a minute ago, God made man, mankind, in his likeness and in his image. And then the enemy shows up in the form of a serpent, and he tells Eve, you know, if you eat that fruit, the one fruit that God said you're not supposed to eat, if you eat that fruit, then you're going to be like God. Well, well, time out. Hold on a second. She was already made in his image and in his likeness. So she was already like God, but, but the serpent tricked her into believing. Can you all say believe? believe. He, he managed to get her to believe that she was not created. She was not made in the likeness of God. Now, the consequence of that is that we now have sin that enters the world, and we are all born with a natural bend to sin. We call that a sin nature. Are you tracking with me so far, Lighthouse? So we're all born with this nature to sin, this nature to selfishness. That's why you don't have to teach your kid how to say, mine, it's mine. It, it, it's just in them. And, and, and you see it manifest itself. And, and that's why when it happens, we need good parenting. Amen, Lighthouse Church? We need good parenting. Either that or an exorcism. One or the other. You know your kids, all right? So no judgment. 
I'm kidding everybody. <laughs> so so it, it, it takes us to really break that, but, but that all comes from the mind of Adam. The mind of Adam says me before others. The mind of Adam says selfishness before selflessness. The mind of Adam thinks that way. And that's why throughout the scriptures, because we are born with the sin nature, we are told that we need to put on the mind of Christ. Everybody say the mind of Christ. Okay, so it's in contrast to the mind of Adam. The mind of Adam bends towards selfishness. The mind of Christ bends towards selflessness. And, and, and throughout the Bible, in the New Testament, you have these scriptures that point us in this direction. It says, this is the way you're supposed to go. Though you are born with the mind of Adam, this is the mind that I want you to have. So let me just read a few verses to you. The first one is in Philippians 2.5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You catch that? The mind that was in Christ Jesus put the mind of Christ on. Let me hit you with another one. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for, here we go, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, let me read one more verse to you. This one's going to be familiar. This is kind of the foundational verse to this whole series that we are in. And it's in Romans 12, too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transform. Transformation is the goal, okay? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is again. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you, if, if you see the pattern, the Bible is constantly telling us, it repeats it, that we need to renew our mind. Why? Because, because we have the mind of Adam because of the fall. So what I want to do now is show you some descriptors of the mind of Adam because you might be doing things out of the mind of Adam that you don't even know where this is coming from. And if you see it and if you can identify it, it should point you to the areas where you need to change. Does that sound good, Lighthouse Church? Now, I know change ain't easy. Change is hard. But we got to see it so we can begin to process that information and change our actions through the change of belief. So, so here's the first one. The mind of Adam chooses isolation over intimacy. The mind of Adam chooses isolation over intimacy. Here's what I mean. We know that when, when um, Adam was in the garden before his fall, he was in relationship with God. Everybody say relationship. The Bible describes the relationship that Adam would just walk with God through the garden, just like two people going out on a walk together. And that was the description of their relationship. But, but what happens immediately after the fall? What happens to Adam after he disobeys God? God speaks. He says, Adam, where are you? Adam started hiding. Adam tried to get away from God. What Adam was trying to do was he was trying to isolate himself from God. And so the first description of the mind of Adam, the, one of the first things that happens after the fall is he chooses isolation over intimacy. And that's not it. It goes on uh, to say that um, the mind of Adam agrees with shame. The mind of Adam agrees with shame because what happens? He, he goes and he hides. And the reason he hides is because the Bible says that when he, he ate of the fruit 
His eyes were open. He perceived himself and his wife to be naked, and they immediately felt shame. Everybody say shame. shame. And, and what he did was he made an agreement with shame in that moment. It's not just that he felt shame, but he made an agreement with shame. Because sometimes you feel things, and just because you feel things, depending on what you make an agreement with, that's what's going to happen. And so he made an agreement with shame in that moment, and that's why he went and he isolated himself. The mind of Adam wants to isolate, and the mind of Adam agrees with shame. Now we get to the third description of the mind of Adam. Okay, so he's hiding, he's in shame, and then finally, you know, he tells God, well, you know, I, I, I felt shame, I was naked, so I hid from you. And, and, and then God has this conversation. He says, who told you that you were naked? And this is the third descriptor. The mind of Adam is not accountable. The mind of Adam is not accountable. Because here's what Adam did. Adam was like, well, you know, the woman that you gave me, she, she tricked me. It's the woman's fault, God. It's funny because if you go back just a little while ago, when God creates Eve and gives her to Adam, Adam is like, whoa, man, this is good. I like what I see here. But like the next chapter, he's like, it's her fault. It's, it's her fault. I mean, you know, I was doing good all by myself. You brought her here. You know what I mean? And now she don't mess everything up. And then like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to get, I, I'm, I'm not going to go too hard on the guys here because women, I mean, like Eve was no different. Eve was like, serpent's fault. <laughs> You know, God looks over at Eve, he's like, the serpent's fault, okay? All right, he tricked me. And since you created him, it's kind of your fault anyway, God, because you see how this blame game works? And what, what's happening is the mind of Adam refuses to be accountable for its own actions. The mind of Adam refuses to be accountable for its own actions. And so the blame game begins. So those are three descriptors of the mind of Adam. Number one, it chooses isolation. Number two, it agrees with shame. And number three, it does not take accountability. But when we look at the mind of Christ, when we contrast the mind of Adam with the mind of Christ, I want you to see through the word of God how the mind of Christ is better and how my prayer for you today is that we put on the mind of Christ because when we talk about mental health, it begins with you be putting on the mind of Christ. That, that uh, us as, as followers of Jesus, where I'm trying to get you to is that you would recognize where you are thinking through and processing information with your Adamic mind, with your Adam mind, the mind of Adam, and when you got to start processing information through the mind of Christ. So here's the first one. The mind of Christ restores intimacy. Write that down. The mind of Christ restores intimacy. We are first restored into an intimate relationship with God. Come on, how many of you glad that you have a relationship with God today? Come on, how many excited that you have not a religion, but I have a relationship with God? That, that's the first thing that he wants to do. As a matter of fact, that's why we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday, because we know that the resurrection reconciles us back to him. We know that the resurrection fixes a broken relationship. We know that the resurrection brings us back to the place where intimacy was broken. Now it is restored and we can have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise for that, that we now get to have a relationship with him. But beyond that, we get to have a relationship with his body. Oh, God, real quiet right there. All the introverts are panicking. They're like, oh, my God, here we go. We get to have a relationship 
with his body. You see, the church is not man's idea. The church has always been God's idea. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. So the church is Jesus's idea. And what he does is he not only restores a relationship with Jesus Christ, but then he restores your relationship with his body. And I know some people would rather, like, just give me God, but don't give me the church. The only problem with that is the Bible says that Christ is the head of the church, and the church is his body, and you can't decapitate Jesus. You you can't have a relationship with the head and not have a relationship with the body. I know. Some of you are like, oh, my God, really? Yeah, yeah, really. And, and, And this preacher that's preaching to you today is actually an introvert. On every single test that I personally take, I test as an introvert. There's no way you're an introvert. You're up there preaching because my calling is greater than my condition. The calling in my life is greater than any excuse that I can say. I prefer to be in isolation. That's not the way it works when you put on the mind of Christ. You see, because when you put on the mind of Christ, it changes the way you think. When you put on the mind of Christ, it's not going to allow you to be complacent in your condition, but you're going to realize that I can lean into my calling to become everyone and everything that God has called me to become. Give God praise if you believe that. And it's worth emphasizing, Lighthouse, it, not, not, not only was the church his idea, but the, but the church was his idea for the salvation of this world. When God said, I want to save my, this world, the local church is his plan A for it. He said, we're, we're going to go, we're going to reach cities, and we're going to reach nations, and I'm going to do it through you. And can I just tell you one more thing? There is no plan B. <laughs> so if you're like, is there any other options? No, no, really there isn't. The, the local church is the hope of the world. That's God's plan A, and there is no plan B. Let's go on to the next one. So while the, man, the mind of Adam agrees with shame, the mind of God agrees with with the spirit. Everybody say the spirit. spirit. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit, there it is again, who gives life, everybody say life, Life. has set you free from the law of sin and death. So when we have the mind of Christ, we have restored intimacy with God, and shame can no longer control us. How many know that shame is one of Satan's most effective weapons? Shame, guilt, condemnation. It it is one of his weapons, and it is one of his most effective weapons. And and here's how shame works. Shame will, will cause you to want to stay isolated and silent rather than to deal with what needs to be fixed. Let me explain it to you this way, okay? If, 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 you, if you broke your foot, you would have no shame going to the doctor and saying, I broke my foot, I need treatment, I need care, and you would not feel any shame. You might be a little embarrassed depending on how you did it, but you wouldn't feel any shame. And yet, watch this, many of us, when we have a mental condition, we feel shame over it. Wait a second. It, it, it's your mind. It's your brain. And if your mind or your brain is broken, like your foot would be broken, there should be no shame in needing help. There should be no shame in seeing somebody. There should be no stigma in getting better. Then why is it that so many people that struggle with mental health refuse to get help because of shame? And, and, and what, what produces shame? The mind of Adam. What does not produce shame? The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ leads us to life 
because of his spirit. So the mind of Christ agrees with the spirit. And I need for you to get this because we're still in the foundations here of dealing with mental health. And if any of you are here today and you're struggling mentally, whether it's anxiety, if it's depression, and we're deep diving on depression next Sunday, it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's a joke. Anyway, we're going to be deep diving on depression next Sunday. And, and um, it, whatever your condition is, if you are feeling shame, this is why we're talking about this. I need you to put on the mind of Christ because the mind of Christ is going to help you to be an overcomer. The mind of Christ is going to point you in the right direction. The mind of Christ is going to help you to break free from that shame. All right. Now, here's the last one. The mind of Adam is not accountable, but the mind of God restores identity. The mind of God restores identity. Now, let me explain that for a second because you might think, well, wait a second. If the mind of Adam is that we don't, that we are not accountable, how does identity, um, how is that in contrast to that? Well, the thing is, uh, you need to understand that accountability is a function of responsibility. Okay? Accountability is a function of responsibility. When it is your responsibility, you can duck out on accountability. Right? So all the dads in the room. All right. First service, it was an abysmal failure when I used this example. But I got faith for the 11 a.m. Here we go. All the dads. Come on. Can I get a good amen from all the men in the tent today? A little lower. <laughs> Here we go. It's the way it works, okay? See, when, when my wife, and she did this just yesterday, I was down in South Bay, and as I'm driving back up home, she sends me a text message. She says, the upstairs toilet is acting up, and something is demon-possessed with the garage door. Can you please either exercise it or fix it or do something, okay? Now, that, that falls on me, right? The responsibility falls on me. Now, I know it's 2023 and whatever, whatever your arrangement is at your house, okay? But, but in our house, the men fix the toilets and we fix the garage doors, okay? No judgment if that ain't you, all right? So, so she comes to me because it is my responsibility, but get this, it's based on my identity as the husband, as the man of the house, as the father. And so identity is the place where responsibility is felt and where accountability then must be earned. And I think that people that have a hard time owning up to their stuff is because they don't know who they are or they refuse to accept who they are. And so there's a lot of people that don't want to be accountable because they've not resolved their identity. But when you know what your identity is, when you know who you are, you take on the responsibility and you will be accountable afterwards. And there's no one that bothers me more than a person who is not accountable. That's just my pet peeve. To every person, number one, I pray for you. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because I read that book, Extreme Ownership, which, by the way, that's a good book recommendation for a lot of you to write down, but, but Extreme Ownership, and, and I just believe that you've got to be accountable. Yeah. And, and, and I struggle with, with people who are not accountable. I don't know if it's just all those years that I spent working with the military, but, but you've got to be accountable. You have got to do your job, as the once great coach Bill Belichick once said. That's a sports reference. Moving on. <laughs> going on. But, but, but we, accountability is a function of responsibility and, and identity. So, for example, if, if my microphone all of a sudden started screaming and we started getting feedback from the speakers, we would all do one thing. We would all immediately turn around and look at who? JP. Well, it's Pastor Phil right now. It was <laughs> JP in the 9.30 a.m. 
That's so funny. One's like, we're blaming JP. He ain't even here, but we're going to blame him anyway. <laughs> Today is Pastor Phil. And, uh, and, 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 and as a matter of fact, that's why some people don't even want to deal with the sound. They're like, I don't want people staring at me. I'm going to give you a true story. I said it at the 930 so I can say it again. I remember asking JP because I saw some of his, his wiring. I said, I think he'd be great helping us run the production. And, and what I know about JP is JP's in pilot school. He's about to become a commercial pilot. Shout out to JP. <laughs> Smart kid. He's got his pilot's license. He can actually train pilots. Anyway, he's on his way. But I told him, would you like to help us out with the soundboard? And this is me knowing he's a pilot. He goes, I'm afraid of the soundboard. I said, you'll fly a plane. <laughs> 25,000 feet in the air, but you're afraid of a soundboard? He goes, I'm terrified of the soundboard. Thankfully, we prayed him through, and he now runs sound at the church. <laughs> but, but why do we look to Phil? Let me, let me finish this example. Why, why do we look to the person back there? Because it's their responsibility based on their identity. They are the sound man. Therefore, they have the responsibility. And, and, and so I say all of that because we have got to get our identity right. Because when we get our identity right, we get our responsibility right. And when we get our responsibility right, we get our accountability right. And, and so, so the reason that Adam and Eve were like doing this and deferring is because they didn't just lose in that moment. They didn't just lose their innocence, but they forgot who they were. They forgot who they were. And when you know who you are, you won't make excuses for the things that you don't do. And when you know what your identity is, and when you know who you are, you're just not going to make excuses for the things that you need to get done. Are you tracking with me, Lighthouse Church? Yes. Comes down to identity. So let me get back to our verse so that I can frame this up for you. So I tried to show this to you guys on a slide and part of this is my supply chain management major and I like to see things in systems and I like to think linearly so my son Jaden hold that up for me son Jaden let's put that up there so we talked about how the eyes you know they 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 they, they begin to light our bodies this is really what it is what we see is the input to what we think and what we think determines what we believe okay this is what Paul was saying what we see then gets processed it, where we think, which is our mind, and based on our mind, it then affects what we believe. Are you guys tracking with me so far? So the mind of Adam, here's what happens. When you see something, when the mind of Adam processes information, the mind of Adam will, will not allow you to take accountability. The mind of Adam won't have you seeking a solution. The mind of Adam won't allow you to think you can get better. So, so if you're living with the mind of Adam, what happens is you begin to think there's nothing that can be done to help me. When you have the mind of Adam, you begin to think there's, there's no way that I'm ever going to change from all of this. But when you have the mind of Christ, let's go to the next slide. I want to show you what this looks like depending on the mind that you choose. Because when we see then goes into the filter of what we think. Now, this is where Lighthouse Church, you've got to either think through the mind of Adam or think through the mind of Christ. See, because the mind of Adam will tell you there's nothing you can do. The mind of Adam will want you to isolate because of your condition. The mind of Adam will make you feel shame. But the mind of Christ doesn't allow you to do that. When you have the mind of Adam, you can have a bad Saturday. I'm talking about a bad Saturday. And you wake up, the mind of Adam says, you can't go to church because of what you did last night. You can't go to church because of what you said last night. But when you have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ says, there's one place I need to get to today, and that is the house of God. I need to get in the presence of my father. I need to get ahead in the presence of my siblings in Christ. It's the mind of Christ 
that begins to make us think that way. The mind of Adam wants you to isolate. The mind of Christ wants you to come back to intimacy. The mind of Adam makes you believe there's no help for you. The mind of Christ tells you, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. That's the mind of Christ versus the mind of Adam. And you get to decide it. You get to decide which mind you want to wear. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. That's why the Bible says, put on the mind of Christ. The Bible says, because you have been transformed, you have uh, experienced the new birth, you have the mind of Christ. Are you tracking with me, Lighthouse Church? Are you getting this? I'm trying to help you because so many of you are running your condition through the wrong mind. And as long as you run your condition through the wrong mind, you're never going to arrive at the place where you believe the right thing. Because the wrong mind is going to affect what you believe. Now, I'm going to give you just a little preview of next week's sermon as I come to a close. Um, I'm not going to dive into it because we're going to talk about it next week. But I want, I want to show you why the mind of Adam and the mind of Christ is so important. There are, there are seven causes of depression. We're talking about depression next week, all right? There are seven causes of depression. Of the seven causes of depression, only two are neurological. What that means, Lighthouse Church, is of the causes of depression, only two are truly an imbalance of what's going on in here. Therefore, meaning only two really require medicine, doctors, therapy, those, those sorts of things, okay? Now, the other five, what does that mean? The other five are things you can control. Right. It, it's not a chemical imbalance. It may just be lifestyle choices. It may be trauma from your past that you have not resolved. Right. It may be broken relationships in your life that, that through the mind of Adam, you're just, you're not dealing with it. But the mind of Christ yeah. wants to bring you into this place of freedom. And that's why I'm talking about all this. Because when we dive into this next week, so many people are like, I just, I'm just born this way, Pastor Josh. There's just, there's just no hope for me. There's, there, there's just nothing that I can do about it. And again, I would say two of the seven causes of depression are neurological. Mm-hmm. We admit it, okay? But what that means are the majority of the things are things that we could deal with if we begin by putting on the mind of Christ. And make a decision to deal with those things. Come on, let's clap our hands, Lighthouse. Because I I get free thinking about that. I get free thinking about that. Now, today is a beautiful day because we're going to celebrate baptism. So I'm excited for all the people that are getting baptized today. And, And what the Bible calls baptism is this. The Bible calls baptism a new birth. Or to be born again. Can you all say born again? again. That's what baptism is. Baptism is to be born again. And and the reason we lean into this so heavily here at Lighthouse Church, and the reason we celebrate this, the manner and the manner in which we do, is because I want you to get this. So many of you will say, well, Pastor Josh, this is just the way I am. It's just the way I am. It's the way God made me. It's the way I was born. And to that, I would say, and that's why you need to be born again. See, the Bible already knows that you were born that way. Your God already knows that you were born into an environment. Your God sees the things that you have gone through. But what he does is he gives you an opportunity at a fresh start. What he does is he gives you an opportunity for a new birth. What he does is he gives you the opportunity to be born again. That lets me know that I don't have to live in the condition that I'm in right now, but I can choose to be born again. I can choose to start all over again. 
I can have a fresh start. And I don't know if that does anything for you, but that gets me so excited to know that every one of you here that are just saying, but it's just the way I am. It's just my wiring. It's, it's, it's just the way that I think. Oh, no, 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 no. Put on the mind of Christ and be born again, everybody. You don't have to live with that mind anymore. You don't have to let the mind of Adam take the lead. You can let the mind of Christ take the lead. And, 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 and when we do that, we can get into the waters and make a public declaration of an inward confession. I've already resolved here that I'm not going to let the mind of Adam do the thinking for me, but I'm going to put on the mind of Christ, and I'm going to let that do the thinking for me. Because what I choose to think is what I choose to believe, and what I choose to believe is what I'm going to see. You will see what you've been praying for. You will see the goodness of God in your life. So many times, the goodness of God is all around you. You just can't see it because you've got the wrong mind doing the thinking. When the right mind is doing the thinking, you begin to see the goodness of God all throughout your life. So in a minute, we're going to celebrate baptisms. But what I want to tell you is some of you today need a fresh start. And you, you know you need a fresh start. You, you, you've been living with the mind of Adam, but, but you want to start all over. You want to hit the reset and you want to put on the mind of Christ. And to you, I would say, when you do that, your next step is water baptism. And I will tell you today that if you are ready for a fresh start, you can make a you can make a decision to be water baptized right now. Everybody say right now. You do not have to. I know there's some people here you're waiting for the right moment. I know there's some people here you've got some artificial finish line as to when you're going to make a decision to get baptized. Let me tell you, there's no need to wait. Today is the day of salvation, and you can follow Jesus and go public with that declaration today. Oh, but Pastor Josh, I'm not ready. I got good news for you. I got a towel. I got shirts. I got shorts. I got everything you need to get water baptized right now. As a matter of fact, today, I got here early to drop, up, drop off my son who was serving on the dream team today. And as I did that, there was a young man filling out the baptistry. And I look at this young man, and I came up to him, and I said, thank you so much for filling out the baptistry. Oh, you're welcome, Pastor Josh. And I said, you know, the only thing, the only thing that we need to do next is for you to get water baptized, because I know he hasn't gotten water baptized yet. And yet here he is filling out the baptistry for other people to get baptized. And so do you want to know what he did? In our first service, he made a spontaneous decision to get water baptized. We're so excited for you, Nick. We love you, brother. Thank you for filling up the baptistry. You didn't even know you were filling it up for yourself. But come on. He knew that today was the day, and so he got water baptized today. So if you would like a fresh start, you too can experience that today. Let me pray for you right there where you're at. With every, would, would you be so kind as to close your eyes and bow your heads? As our people, as, our, as all those getting baptized prepare themselves. But let me pray over you. I'm just going to bless you. And I'm going to pray right now that if there are any of you that, that, that need to take this step, you would just right now make a decision. I'm not putting it off. I'm getting water baptized right now. And if you want to do that, just run back over there. There's going to be a striped canopy. Let them know. I didn't plan on it, but I want to do it. I'm not going to put it off a day more. Run back there. We're going to take care of you, and we will add you to this group right now. But let me pray for you right there. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for everybody who is getting water baptized. I thank you, Lord God, for every person that has been on a journey with you. We celebrate, Lord God, the, the 11 people that have made a decision today to, to take their next step in their journey to go public with their confession of faith. We celebrate them right now, God. But I believe there are more people who, like Nick, came here 
with one expectation, but they encountered the power of your gospel. They encountered the power of the good news. And today they choose you. They choose to follow you. They choose the gospel. They choose good news. And right now I pray that you would compel them to take their next step, that you would compel them, Lord God, to run and grab some clothes and to make their way into this baptistry today, Lord God. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, do me a favor. Before we start baptisms, would you all stand to your feet? So the way that we do baptisms at Lighthouse is it's a big party, and we celebrate. If you're family and you want to get closer, you can do that to take pictures. But let's worship God together as we celebrate all the baptisms here today. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.